0: All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
3: Thanks for joining us. Hour number two is upon us. If you're listening Sunday morning, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it, but we cannot talk to you today because this show is rebroadcast on Sundays as well. Don't forget, next week we'll be down at the Novus in Colorado Springs location. We'll be doing a remote from there, so if you want to stop by and say hi, there'll be some door prizes, lots of goodies that day, so swing by and say hi And uh, you'll just get to see uh, Bill down there, his new location that we're opening up down there. There'll be coffee and donuts from 8 to 11, a light lunch from 11 to 2. So come on by, say hi. We are looking forward to having you all be there. So if you're in that Colorado Springs area and want to pop by next week, the address is 3475 Pine Tree square 3475 pine tree square that's what we'll be next week so stop by we'd love to chat with you and and say hi so if you get in that area uh, do that that'll be the Novus auto glass location in Colorado springs john in denver is next john welcome how are you sir
4: i'm good good morning how are you
3: guys we're doing very well john thanks for listening we appreciate it
5: i got a uh, 73
4: bavaria bmw okay And I think the carburetors need to be adjusted because the thing will just cut out just at random times. Okay. And I did change the fuel pump. Okay. But it's like I said, it'll just cut out just randomly.
3: Okay. Has anybody done any work to them at all at this point?
6: No. Okay. I don't think they've ever been adjusted, to my knowledge.
3: And that's getting harder and harder to find folks that will even do those things. I mean, there's very few shops in town anymore, John. And it doesn't matter. We're not talking even, you know, Euro versus American. We're just talking carbureted versus fuel injection. There's very few shops in any town, not just the Denver area, but any town that have folks that know how to do carburetion. Yep.
4: I know
6: there's a carburetor shop over in Englewood.
3: There is. I don't know if they'll do the, the Euro stuff. You'll have to ask them and see. I don't know. I haven't talked to those guys in a while.
7: Okay, well. A couple shops that I can think shop. of. Go ahead, um, Go ahead. Uh, probably Cats British Car Service um, over in Englewood. They work on a lot of classic European vehicles. Okay. What's the name of it again? Cats. Cats. K-A-T-S. Okay. I haven't really talked to those guys in years, but, you know, they might have the equipment. Um, maybe check out uh, Cars Remember When. Oh, they, true. They yeah, have yeah, dyno testing, no, I think and about yeah. uh, my friend, my buddy Thomas over there uh, knows tuning. They got a couple of good tuning guys. Once again, on the Euro side, not sure how much experience they have, but they at worth least asking. have the um, yep. worth the, the equipment to at least talk to them, and okay. they can. For, check we, we need th- we need them as a sponsor. Actually, we get yeah, enough of the car guys.
3: Awesome. We actually we should talk to them about that. But yeah, that's another place you could go, John. Good, 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 good call on Jeff's point.
6: Cars, remember when? Yep.
3: yep, right off Santa Fe, yep. South Santa Fe.
4: You know, on my uh, on one more question, if I may. Sure. I have a '93 Toyota 4Runner with about 300,000 miles on it. Okay. And it seems to shift very slowly in first, out of first gear into first gear. I'm not sure how to say it. So coming out, out of first, going into
3: second, it's, it's it's so you yeah. get you get high RPMs before it shifts. Right. Gotcha everything else transmission wise work okay
6: yeah it does actually
3: when's the last time it was serviced
4: been a while
3: I would service it first before you did anything else interesting just because time it's due anyways you're at 300k I'm not saying that's at the end of the life of that transmission but you're getting close but I would service it when they do they can look at the condition of the fluid what's going on point being if the if the fluid's getting a little bit Not a little bit, but if it's getting dirty, shellac, things like that, that could be why that high shift point is there.
7: And BG's got some good stuff there. ATC Plus is a good cleaner. That's right. Um, It'll clean
3: the servos. It'll clean the valve body, which, by the way, John, is where all that's controlled. That'd be the first step in that process.
7: Recondition the seals on that.
6: What do you like for that?
3: Uh, That, you know, anybody can do. What, What part of town are you in, John? Metro Denver. Oh, go see Jeff. He
7: can do that for you.
6: Uh, how do I reach Jeff?
7: Go ahead. Uh, primary phone number, 720-227-9118. Um, reach out, talk to Chuck. He knows our uh, non-rover vehicles a bit better than uh, Jeff Godsey on our front counter. So Chuck's the guy to talk to on that. And uh, we'll get yeah, you
3: helped yeah, out. They can help you. And, and they can also give you some more details on, because they're good friends with the guys at Cars Remember When, John. They could help you on that end as well.
4: Absolutely, Jeff. What, Jeff? What's the name
7: of your shop? JC's British and Four by Four. We're right down off Perfect. of Santa Fe and Hampton, right on the corner. Thanks, guys. You Absolutely, bet. John. Thank you, John. Very much.
3: I appreciate that. And yeah, we we actually do need to get the guys from.
7: Cars never win with yeah. us.
3: Yeah, because they would be a great fit for all of what we've got going on here. We've got a lot of guys with older vehicles and so on. They would be a perfect fit. So should uh, try you to, I get, I to get get that. together
7: when they do their uh, spring car show and see if you can uh, do a show we from would
3: them. We'd love to. We need to get that going.
7: Robert and Aurora, you're next. What's going
3: on, sir? Hello, Robert. Oh, hello. How you doing, Sorry sir?
5: That. I'm doing good, John. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, hey, we're at the end of the season for lawnmowers. And I went on the BG website, and it wasn't very helpful about recommendations of their products. Okay. And actually, there's not a lot on the Internet that really kind of gives you an idea for something that will take her carburetors, cleaning carburetor, and then, you know, the the regular four-cycle, I'm assuming it's a four-cycle lawnmower for the uh, components of piston rings, that kind of thing. Sure. So I just wanted to get your idea on if... BG has something. The only thing that I could find on their website, John, it said motorcycles and small engine, but it addresses fuel injected um, yeah. uh, fuel injection rather than standard carburetor. There's only one
3: product you really need to worry about on the small engines. And again, for everybody listening, this is the way to service. So, uh, at two sides of this. <clears throat> A lot of you have, have small engines as far as lawnmowers and things along those lines that we're gonna be taking out of service in the next month. And the same token, Robert, you're gonna some folks out there listening are gonna put snowblowers and such back into service. So here's how this would work, and this is how how I do it. When it comes to end of season on the lawnmower, just make sure you get all the fuel out of it, leave the oil in it as we go through the winter months, drain all the fuel out of it, leave it alone. There's nothing else you need to do to it at that point. I would go ahead right now and sharpen the blade just because that way it's done You know, prior to spring in that case. Then, as we get into spring, you want to put fresh fuel in it, put a little bit, you don't have to use a lot, but put a little bit of BG's supercharged product into it what that does, if there's any old gas, any residue that's left behind there, it'll, it will go ahead and clean some of that out of the carburetor in and that, and, and then off you go. Make sure you change the oil, of course, in the spring, and, and away we go. But that's really all you need to do on the lawnmower itself. Now, the reverse is true on the snowblower. As we fire those back up, Make sure it's got good fresh oil in it, of course. Use a little bit of supercharged product. And the way to do that, by the way, Robert, is just look at the, you know, get a five-gallon gas can or a two-and-a-half-gallon can, whatever you keep around the shop, and look and see what the ratio is of what the super, because a supercharger will typically treat about 20 gallons of fuel. So just do the math and use as much supercharge for that five gallons. Keep that in there at all times. It won't hurt a thing to run that all year long. But just use that supercharge back in the snowblower then as we fire it back up.
5: Okay, great. That's what I wanted to know. So with the oil, I mean, I I have a Husqvarna, which I tell you what, that's been the best lawnmower I've ever bought, and I've had it for about probably 16 years. Awesome. And and it's got you know that little rubber uh, pump that you pump like one squirt in there. I pull the handle on, it, it starts right away.
3: Nice. So I
5: guess I'm guess I guess what I'm asking is there anything as far as the pistons and the cylinder? Nope. For oil treatment?
3: Nope, just oil. No. Yeah, keep in
5: mind, the the little
3: engines don't run enough to... I mean, yeah, there'll be some carbon buildup inside of that, but not enough that if if it's still running and it works and it's firing up and doing what it needs to do, just make sure you run good oil in it, do the supercharged treatment that I said inside of your bulk fuel, and away you go.
5: Okay. So what about synthetic? Yes. Yes or no? Yes. Yes?
3: Always. Okay. I, you know, okay. honestly, Robert, we've, we've gotten to the point in America, really around the world, with all of our modern technology and that, that I, I'm still trying to figure out, other than price point and being able to put a product on the shelf that's cheap, I don't know why oil companies make regular non-synthetic oil anymore. I really don't. Okay.
8: Okay. I, I am one all that right, says
3: I- just... Every one of them should, you know, I don't, I hate mandates. I don't want anybody to mandate anything. I wouldn't in this case either, but it's getting to the point where customer demand and, and even the manufacturer's recommendation on new vehicles and even on small engine equipment where synthetic is the thing to use. And I really don't know why we have regular standard oil anymore.
5: Yeah, okay. Oh. All right, thanks, John. For Brit- You've
3: been you very helpful. You're very welcome, Robert. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. And, by the way, we'll do a show dedicated to that as we probably get to the end of October, 1st of November, when it comes to the small engine thing. Uh, let's get to Gilbert, though, real quick on Highlands Ranch. Uh, Gilbert, what's up, sir?
9: Hey, John, how are you? I'm
3: good. Thanks for calling. Hey, uh, I got a I'm, uh,
9: following up on the old Salica with the emissions. I don't know if we call but it wouldn't pass the emissions. Right. And I, I put a can of that stuff, uh, CCD, CCR, yep. whatever, and I ran it through there, and uh, just to be on the safe side, I did it twice and ran all the fuel through, and then I filled it up, took it to the emissions, it passes the flying colors.
3: Awesome. Nice. Good.
9: So it did work.
3: So and and, and, real, quick, and real quick, and real quick, Gilbert, what just so everybody listening knows, what product did you use again?
9: It was called CCD. It's, it's uh, oh, Napa recommends it. It's what the kid pulled off the shelf, and the and the gimmick. I, mean, I can't say gimmick, but the thing is, they guarantee it to pass, or that you get your money back. Gotcha. So and it it worked. I swear to goodness, it was it did work, and I was yeah. so glad because otherwise, I don't know what I would have done. I thought it maybe been the catalytic converter that I had to replace, perhaps. well,
3: no, and no, the what they're really doing is they're, they're just really adding a lot of oxygen to the fuel with most likely yeah. it's an alcohol-type product is what they're doing. And, yep, that it's that typically works every time. Good stuff.
9: Now, now another thing is uh, just before I went ahead I and tested I, I drained the oil, and I put that uh, uh, B&G oil treatment that you put in there to clean everything out, and then yep. you drop the oil. yep. So I did that. Put in, uh, and I told you that uh, NAP had the uh, uh, mobile one on sale, so I bought a, a gallon of that and put that in there with some uh, oil. In the, uh, BG. Boy, I'm making BG rich, I'm telling you that. <laughs> I put some BG oil treatment in there and off I went and it passed the guy goes, Weren't you in there a couple weeks ago? I go, Yeah, he goes. Wow, that's incredible. I go, wow, I'm just glad it passed because I didn't have the money to put a new motor
3: in And And I want to make sure that I say this correctly because I did look it up, and I, I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to correct you, Gilbert, but it's actually no, C. It's CRC guaranteed to go. pass is what it's it is.
9: CRC, it's 9 bucks. Again, I want to yep. plug NAPA. They, they really do fine by me. I really like NAPA.
3: Yep, ten, it's ten, 10 bucks online. There you go. You're right. Or in the store. Yeah.
9: And, yeah, uh, NAPA has it for nine ninety-five. There and, you go. Uh, I drive a little farther because I've got two other uh, stores before they I get to Napa, but I always go to Napa. They're always real good, very helpful. Great. So, I uh, again, uh, it, it works. So I'm appreciate that. Let you
3: know That's awesome, Gilbert. You. I appreciate that. Thanks for the follow up. On that, Tom in Lakewood, hang tight. We'll come right back and talk to you. Don't go anywhere. This is Drive Radio. Number is our affordable interest mortgage call in line, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. Again, this is Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
10: For over 37 years, Geno's has been your go-to auto service shop in Littleton for all of your car repair and maintenance needs. This month, take advantage of Gino's engine and cabin air filter special and receive a NAPA $20 gift card. Do you want to breathe better air in your vehicle? Your cabin air filter helps to remove pollen, dust, smoke, and pollutants from the air inside your car. It's recommended to change your cabin air filter once a year in Colorado. Your engine air filter prevents dust, dirt, and contaminants from your engine. With any service, we'll do a free battery check to get you safely back on the road. Geno's continues to service Larry's Automotive customers, honoring warranty work you may have had done. Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off for service and pick up when ready. Geno's is a Colorado Select member and conveniently located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. Check out Geno's Google reviews or call us with any questions. Visit Geno's online at genosautoservice.com
0: your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever if you think that's a tall order maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change a bg performance oil change bg comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else peace of mind where do you find it find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com that's bgfindashop.com because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making bg
11: the hard part of my job is getting the case ready for trial. The really fun part of my job is going to trial.
2: Call the personal injury attorney who enjoys going to trial, Kevin Flesh of Flesh & Beck Law.
11: The thing that people need to do when they're talking with lawyers about trials, ask the lawyer that they're talking to whether they like to go to trial or not.
2: Although most personal injury cases settle outside of the courtroom, you want an attorney who stands ready to represent you at trial.
11: The reason that we say trial-tested, trial-ready is because we do enough cases that we are always ready. And it's like anything else, you ride a bike or you know, you shoot trap. If you do it often, you're still in good regular practice on it. If you do it once a year, not so much.
2: Trial tested, trial ready. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh. Call today for a free no obligation consultation. 303-806-8886. Flesh and Beck Law. They get results.
3: All right, and Mike, turn my ear up, Charlie. There. there we go. That's better. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. I do appreciate it very much. Our number, 303-477-5600. That's the Affordable Interest Mortgage Call-In Line. Tom in Lakewood is next. Tom, welcome.
13: Well, thank you. And i uh, got a couple questions about oil and EPR. Sure. Uh, the first one is I, it is, I take my car to a mechanic, and he changes oil. What they do is they epr in and they run it for about 10 minutes and then they change oil and i was just wondering if i do it myself would i be wise to put the epr in a day in advance and let no. it clean the engine so no you better? can't do
3: that no 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 the only way epr works is it's got such a a concentration of cleaners in it that literally it has to go in right before the oil change i mean literally you only run the engine about five to ten minutes or so max at most, so you yeah you would do engine damage to run that a day before.
13: Okay. Uh, the other question I had was uh, there was an article in uh, Auto.Com their email and talking about some of the problems with direct injection. The is the direct injection does not distribute gasoline and air as well and the oxygen as well as. Injection, and they're finding that after a while, it it doesn't burn complete, and it leaves a little soot in the oil. Yes. And uh, I've driven, I don't know, 80 times. never encountered that. But there, there, are there are
3: particular engines, Tom, particular direct injection engines that are more susceptible to what you're talking about, and even have higher carbon buildup inside of the engine. In fact, a lot of the early Euro cars that went to direct injection had issues with that, Uh, BMWs, Audis, and so on. A lot of that has gotten better as time has gone by. They have figured out how to control the squirt, if you would, into the cylinder on the direct injection to where they've uh, they've gotten that a lot better and a lot cleaner. But direct injection engines in general have a higher probability of what you're talking about. Yes.
13: Okay. Would it be wise to change those oils, even a synthetic oil, a little faster than what that nope. little monitor doing that they give you with nope.
3: it? that doesn't change any. That won't have any effect on that end of things, no.
13: All righty. Well, thank
3: you. You are very welcome, Tom. No, if you've got a, a modern vehicle, direct injection, uh, you literally can run off of the algorithms and the, the sensors and things that they've got when it comes to, uh, you know, telling you when to change oil and so on, or use the recommendations that we've said, or... The recommendations that your provider, who by the way should know you, your vehicle, how you are driving, what you are driving, you know how, what you are driving, how you are driving, where you are driving, all those things have a factor into how often we change oil. Jeff's got a great story though when it comes to the BG EPR product. And for those of you listening that may be saying, "What is BG EPR?" It stands for Engine Performance Restoration. It's a maintenance item or it can be used to actually do some things that you wouldn't think that it would normally do.
7: Yeah, For so Example. This, this, was, this was, I know that EPR basically breaks down, you know, varnishes and, and, and carbon buildup in an engine, and I had years ago, I had a, a and Land and Ro- by the way, this is a product that goes into the oil,
3: like I mentioned a moment ago, Correct. prior to an oil change. Right,
7: so, so I used it a little outside of its normal use. I had an a vehicle, it was a Land Rover LR3 that was delivered to the shop. Uh, a used car dealer had driven it, overheated it, and and got it to the point where it, it basically had zero compression on all the cylinders. It just started, just spun over like it had the spark plugs taken out of it. Okay. So, no compression. So, no compression. Gotcha. I thought this thing was dead. Okay. We Toast. thought we were going to, you know, stick a fork in. Exactly. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Deader than dead. Okay. And I, just for some random reason, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try something. I took the spark plugs out. I used a little funnel. I poured a little EPR into each cylinder and let it sit overnight.
3: Okay. Next day by by the way, folks, this was this is not for all of you listening. Yeah, and this this is is not their recommendation of how how to use it. I just kind of
7: wanted to know like, okay, the thing overheated, did it just bake the, you know, the the rings ring's and the carbon and and solidify things in the cylinders where they couldn't seal properly. Took care, you know, so I let it sit overnight, put the spark plugs in, and the engine fired up and ran. I let it run to it stopped smoking through the exhaust and everything, changed the oil, and the car went back on the road and this is like five years ago and i still see the car on occasion i know that to this day that car is still running and it's a complete miracle amazing. that the epr did what i needed it to do as far as breaking the carbon up and, the, and and the damage in essence the heat damage i should say to those piston rings and and and, That's uh, amazing. and amazing that the engine survived that overheat to that level as well i mean wow. it's just incredible um, truly impressive across the board so testament to the engine
3: itself testament though to what the bg product does as well folks which we're going to hear from chris from bg in just a moment here at the bottom of our our middle hour here which uh, he does a great job on some tech tips and so on but yes bg all of their products by the way that they make are fabulous i i'm not exaggerating folks i literally i literally grew up with BG products, and of you are going to think they've been around that long. Yes, they have been around that long, and I literally grew up around BG products from, from as long as I can remember. Of course, I grew up in a dealership, you know, automotive family, but I can remember my dad coming home with, you know, BG screwdrivers and pens and the jackets with the name on it. And so, I mean, I didn't have any idea what the product was at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I just knew the logo, which, by the way, it's the same logo today oh. that it was all the way back when I was a kid. So I grew up literally around the products. Once I got old enough to start, you know, working on vehicles and kind of learning about those different things, I saw the demonstrations and things that BG did back in the day. And have literally grown up in and around and with BG all through those years. They're a proud sponsor of Drive Radio today. All of our facilities use their product. It is fabulous product. There's nothing they make that doesn't work the way it says it would or that it does. In fact, they back up everything that they have. Mm -hmm. If you use their products the way they say and you start early enough on your vehicle, you can get a literal lifetime warranty of their products on the vehicle that you're driving and, and it's a written guarantee right on the website. If you don't believe me, go check it out at bgprod.com. It's bgprod.com. Just go check it out. But, yes, so I believe some of the best additive products on the market today, and it's not just additive products. They have got things for every system on your vehicle from oil to cooling system to the transmissions to transfer cases to differentials to you name it. They've got it. they got you covered.
7: And one of the most impressive things I think is they have probably one of the most extensive testing to yep. meet manufacturer specifications. And if you're yep. wondering about, well, do I have to buy this dealer fluid or can I use something else? Take the specification for them, dealer fluid, reach out to either BG Rep, go to their website, and you yep. can probably find a, a legitimate, right. warrantyable, supported documentation saying that you can use that alternate product. Well well said. All right. BG Products is
3: next, by the way. We've got lines open, 303-477-5600. Give us a call. That's the Affordable Interest Mortgage Call-In Line, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back here on Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
12: Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. Someone asked me earlier this week if they really needed a diesel fuel additive for their new truck. The super simple answer is a resounding yes. But how should you know which one is right for your car, truck, or even tractor? Well, spend .69 seconds on Google and you will find over 1.3 million different diesel fuel additives. That's a lot. So, how in the world are you supposed to know which one is best? At BG Products, we break down diesel fuel additives to 10 main categories. These categories include fuel system cleaning, which means that the additive contains detergents that are effective in the removal of fuel system deposits while restoring the fuel economy and overall engine performance and will further improve the function of electronic sensors, catalytic converter, and other expensive fuel system hardware. Next, there is a pump lubricity agent provided in order to protect against the abrasive damage due to marginal fuel lubricating quality commonly present in ultra-low sulfur diesel fuel. Then there are fuel stabilizers to reduce fuel destabilization or breakdown and prolong fuel filter life, especially problematic in modern biofuels. Additionally, there are corrosion inhibitors, which reduce corrosion of the fuel system components and storage tanks by performing a protective film over the metal surface. Next, you need to look for a flow improver or a pore depressant, which will optimize fuel cold temperature performance and eliminate the need for expensive blends of number one and number two diesel fuel. Also, look for a cetane improver, which will improve the ease of cold starting and the overall fuel ignition quality. Some additives will include a de-icer, which will prevent entrained water from freezing. More advanced additives will include a high-pressure detergent to aid in preventing black fuel filter plugging and fuel injector deposits in high-pressure common rail systems. Lastly, some contain an emission system cleanup to help dissolve and remove hydrocarbon deposits, especially soot found in the DPF. Knowing all of this is difficult, even more problematic is very few diesel fuel products contain all of these elements. It is important to understand the diesel fuel additive that you select for your vehicle and ensure that it is the right product for the job. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week.
1: Paul Leuenberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Leuenberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect
2: call Novus auto glass as soon as you notice a chip or crack in your windshield so they can save you more money Novus Auto Glass wants to help you save more money by repairing chips and cracks whenever possible. With their patented glass repair technology, Novus can tackle tougher cracks than the competition. In some cases, they can repair cracks up to a foot long, but you have a much better chance at getting a repair when you act fast. Glass repair is more complicated than you think. Something as simple as going through a car wash could make your little chip or crack unfixable. No matter what sort of damage you're dealing with, though, there's never any risk with a Novus repair. Should your windshield repair fail, they will credit the cost toward a replacement. Novus works with all insurance companies, and for those without windshield coverage, Novus will give you a discounted cash price. It's simple. Novus Autoglass saves you more money. Visit drive-radio.com slash novus now and find the windshield repair expert nearest you. Novus Autoglass, the inventors of windshield repair.
11: Barber's Foods has been feeding Colorado families the highest quality protein since 1949, sourced from farm, ranch, and fishing families that they know personally. In September and October, Barber's Foods is proud to offer your family wild-caught Alaskan sockeye fillets, caught by their own fishermen who personally catch the salmon in the Bristol Bay of Alaska in a boat that they own and operate. Go to barbarousfoods.com to pre-order your Alaskan salmon fillets. And while you're there, check out the Morgan Ranch Wagyu, Colorado-sourced USDA choice beef and bison, Beeler's non-GMO gestation crate-free Duroc pork, and Pittman Farms family air-chilled chicken products. Stock up now and save 5% off your entire order with the code SAVE5. You care where your food comes from. So buy your proteins from Barber's Foods, 100% Colorado native-owned. Barber'sFoods.com. All right,
3: Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. We do appreciate it very much. Myself, Jeff Corwin, JC's British and 4x4 with me today. we got a couple lines open. Give us a call. The Affordable Interest Mortgage call in line 303-477-5600. Dennis in Denver, you're next.
4: Hey, John, how's it going today? Good, sir. Good. Hey, uh, one of your callers named Tom called in and talked, referenced that uh, article from Rock Auto that was talking about uh, GDI engines. Yes. So apparently there is a new API oil standard for GDI engines that was developed in conjunction with Ford, because they've got so many EcoBoost engines. Gotcha. Uh, That new standard, because I know you've got a bunch of listeners that have those engines, is ILSAC GF-6.
3: Yeah, it's a new GF-6 spec. That's right. Yep.
4: Right, and it's GF-6 A and B, depending on how new your engine is.
3: Yeah, we had actually a... um... Uh, rep, from API, actually an API guy was on the show here, I don't know, Dennis, about a month or so ago talking exactly about that.
4: Uh, the interesting part of the article, though, brought out the fact that uh, they're finding, uh, for lack of a better term, premature timing, cha- timing chain wear in these GDI engines. Okay. Um, So, you know, that may... Is there any easy way to inspect a timing chain? No. Short of pulling the front of that motor off?
3: Nope, there is not, unfortunately. I mean, you can... The problem is even with all the tensioners and things that are on them now, used to be back in the day you know, you could take the crankshaft and turn it ever so slightly and then look at the distributor back in the day when we had distributors. You could look at the distributor and see how much slop there was actually in the chain way back when. But, yeah, no, those days are gone. There, yeah. you, there's enough tensioners and things on them now, too, to where you'd never know.
7: Well, not only that, a lot of the newer cars, and we've got to deal with this on, on the newer Land Rovers, um, if you turn the engine backwards, you can actually damage or get things out of time. Um, there's something about the how the tensioners work and the multiple chain setups and, you know, stuff for the, the counter shaft balancers right. and the oil pump drive, and it can actually do damage to things.
3: Yeah. So you, you, you th- those days of checking it, you know, really are gone, Dennis. The only way to tell it, to your point, is to pull a cover.
4: Interesting. Yep. And there's no way to put an inspection port on there anywhere to... Look at these because it sounds yeah. like it's going to become a uh, an issue. There's so much stuff the on the front guys. of the
3: engine. I don't know where they'd even put one.
4: Yeah, you'd have to do some teardown yep. even to get to that. You but, would. Uh, it might save you some time if they could figure that out.
3: Yeah, I mean, again, the, and I'm guessing the reason why they're a not. I, I, I would veer. I would. I would. I would bet money they'll never do that, one, because of what we just talked about, two, because they're also trying to keep as much dirt and debris and things from getting into those areas as well, because that's that's still an area they want to try to keep as sealed up as much as possible.
4: Yeah, that makes sense, too.
3: Yeah, so I, I can't ever see them doing that.
4: Yeah, but that's
7: exactly what uh, what he's talking about is we've seen on the land Rovers with the 5-liter, with the direct-injected, is those timing chains wear out yep. way faster than they should. And, and I, guess, I guess I'm going to ask a dumb question.
3: Why? Has anybody determined why, Dennis or Jeff? I haven't heard anything.
4: Uh, they're talking about them stretching to the point where they'll skip teeth. Yeah. Um, let me run through this article. I mean, because
3: I, I I have not heard as to. I mean, I know that's the issue. I just I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say why that's the issue.
7: Right, and you know, I'm, I'm wondering. We we have been kind of thinking about it at the shop, and it's kind of one of those like, okay, so you know they've extended these oil change intervals to what like twelve thousand mile oil. Some change vehicles, intervals. yes. All right, you Which have a very much, small, very small timing chain. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 like the. You know, bicycle chains It keep right, getting smaller and smaller and right, smaller. Right. Um, In the weight down. Uh, you yeah, have to keep the weight down. You put an extra load on them because of the direct injection pumps, the right. secondary oil pump, balance shafts, all that. Um, and we're you know kind of basically thinking is that the you know your additive package is breaking down. You're creating s- small amounts of additional wear. Friction. And mm-hmm. but basically, you're you're not technically stretching the chain. You're 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 wearing the all the the. The, uh, the wear points the wear on the chain points, itself. The links. Gotcha. And that's effectively yeah, that makes stretching sense. the chain, yeah, it makes right? Sense. It's not like yep. you are stretching no, the that's metal a, That's itself. a good answer, by the way. And so that's what we're that's thinking. What, yep. yep. I think you're right.
4: That's what this article is mentioning, too, is that the most noticeable wear often occurs between the pins and the bushing. Exactly. That's what Jeff's saying. chains together.
3: That's exactly right. what he's saying. So, you know, and again, yep. I, I am one that would say, despite what the manufacturers would say in those particular situations, if they're going to say 12K, I'm still going to go back to, no. I think that, you know, 7 to 10K range at most, and that would be depending upon the driver, the vehicle, what they're doing, uh, and so on. But I'm still one that says, you know, most people are going to be, in that case, an annual oil change or the seven to 8,000 range, not 12,000. I would never go that far.
7: Yep. Hey, John, um, since you met with the oil guy on your other show, what have they talked about as far as repeat, uh, replacing the ZDDP, which was the direct metal-to-metal wear contact additive? Because that's exactly what we're dealing with on these timing chains.
3: Yep. Yeah, they're not going to go back to that because that's hard on the Cadillac so converters. So have they
7: found anything to truly replace it? Not that I'm aware of. So the only way to do
3: it is do you change your oil more often? Or, or run like the BGMOA right, in, out of it. The in Right, Add the That's right. That. Yep. That's right.
4: And not to contradict you, John, but the article mentions that uh, they would like to see you not go that far on oil changes, go back to the three to 5,000 because of the soot problem.
3: The soot on the direct injections? Yes. Yeah. I The, the 3 is overkill. I, I, I will argue with them on that one all day long. 3 is overkill. 5, I could see. The 3 is, you don't need to go 3.
4: Yeah, I think 3. Five would be a happy medium.
3: Five is a nice medium. And, again, depending upon the – and I'm still one that says this for everybody listening. Depending upon how many miles a year you drive, typically we want you to change oil twice a year if you're driving any kind of miles at all. If not, once a year would be fine. So if you're driving ten, twelve thousand 12,000 miles a year, yeah, just do do an oil change twice a year because the vehicle ought to be checked out. In other ways as well, mm-hmm. you know, from tire rotations to looking at brakes to looking at all the other things that are on the vehicle. You ought to be in the shop twice a year, anyways, Dennis. At that point, yeah, we're going to do an oil change about I don't know five six thousand miles, depending upon the vehicle.
4: And I would think that, you know, the detergent in motor oil is probably one of the first ad pack ingredients that's going to break down. Is that yeah? Fair? I
3: would think so. Yeah, I think you're right in that. Yes. Very well. You now, and, again, day. going back to what we were talking about earlier with BG, Dennis, if you put MOA in it, you want to do that five 6,000-mile oil change, I don't see any problem with that whatsoever. I think you'd be fine. And, and again, doing the EPR every oil change as well. Yes. On, on a direct injection yes. engine, for everybody listening, we're talking direct injection only on this subject.
4: And what would you say is the best uh, initial timing interval to check the timing chain?
3: Well, you know, I think that's going to come down to the vehicle, the size of the timing chain, it's, or the, the engine, the size of the timing chain itself, and so on. In some cases, Dennis, you may want to check that at 60,000, 65,000 miles, depending upon the vehicle.
7: Yeah, we've definitely seen them yeah. really early on on yeah. the 5-liter. I mean, I, a lot
3: of folks say, oh, no, 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 you're good to 100K. Ah, not anymore. Well, some of what we just got done talking about, Dennis, no. I, I There are vehicles out there I'd have inspected at, you know, 60,000, 70,000 miles.
4: Wow, that's mm-hmm. going to be an issue. It is. Yep.
3: It is. So, you know, with everything that we go through and we morph through with some of these changes, direct injection now being one of those big changes, yeah, you're going to see some things happen. And, you know, early on, uh, not saying you shouldn't buy a vehicle with that engine, but early on we're going to see some things that I believe will change as time goes by because of what you're talking about.
4: Yeah, and this is all something, you know, that I have never really heard talked about other than you know this show, no one talks especially about it. the timing chain. Yeah, no
3: one talks about yep. it. You're exactly right, Dennis. No one, no one out there. Period. Yep. Interesting. Well thanks. said, Dennis. Thanks. Good, good stuff, by the way. Kevin in Colorado Springs is next. What's up, Kevin? Hi, John. How are we doing, sir? I have a
8: question. Okay. Great. I've had a question on bypassing the fuel pump relay in a '99 Saturn. What I'd like to do is use that circuit. You know, bypass the circuit where it has a, a turn on for two to three seconds to prime the pump. Uh-huh. uh-huh. As you talked about earlier in the show for some other uh, caller. Right. And then I'd like to just keep it running with the key in the on position and then pump it dry. I can't remember what, which one of the uh, you know, holes or sockets to jumper. Are you, are you
7: looking to drain your fuel tank? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh,
3: I'd have to get the, the schematics out and look at which one. Of the, that's one of the relays that's got the, you know, 87, 85, you know, the numbers yeah. on the actual mm-hmm. terminals. And so I don't remember which two you'd have to jump to make that work.
8: Yeah, maybe we can,
3: you can... Uh, if I you, can if you, you email me, email I can pull something. a schematic up and actually look at that for you if you want to do that, Kevin.
8: Yeah. Right. Yeah, I looked online, you know, there was a guy on there showing it, but he didn't talk, tell how to do that. You know, there's a constant 12 volts. Correct. Mm-hmm. Always. And then there is yep, on the ground,
3: and you're, and you're jumping the relays. is what circuit. you're doing. That's exactly right.
7: Yeah, you got to yeah. double-check the schematic. Typically, the one you're going to go to is, you know, you, you do your um, battery test or deal, or whatever, you're in your test light, find out which whatever was the power. Typically, you're doing the one that's, you know, in essence 180 degrees across from it, right? Usually. But there are some relays that it's not laid out that way, and so you have to double check the schematic first.
3: Okay. Typically, oh, okay. I think in that case, typically Jeff's going to be right on that one, but I can double check for you, Kevin. Great.
8: Yeah, I'll send you an email. Send me an email, right? and I'll yeah, look up the
3: schematics you... for you on it. That's not a problem.
8: Yeah, I didn't think that would be off the top of your head, so I just wanted to get No, send me that, I'll look it up started. for you. Not a problem. I had another comment on Saturn. Yes. Suit. I've been thinking about what you guys just discussed about. Uh, putting the uh, BG product into the cylinders because the Saturns, you know, they have this oil consumption problem, and I thought they sometimes attribute it to just clogging up of the rings. Yeah. So I. Thought, you could you oh, could why do why what
3: Jeff
7: did just... earlier and try it. You, you're
3: not going to hurt anything by doing that, Kevin. Just make sure you change oil afterwards.
7: Yeah. Have you done a normal EPR service yet? I did. Okay. Did I it help?
8: Think it improved slightly. Okay. But uh, it's not, you know, it still smokes a little bit. Mostly, you notice it when you, if you coast down a long, long hill, mm. and then get yep. on the gas right yep, yep, after, yep. you'll see.
3: Yeah, it it's typically where you're going to see it. Yep. Yeah, you know what? You're not going to hurt anything trying what what Jeff talked about earlier.
8: Yeah, I figured maybe a, a teaspoon or a tablespoon and let it sit over. Yeah, you're not you're cook. not
3: going to hurt a thing trying that. Go for it.
8: Yeah, it might even, you know, spin the crank a little bit. Yep, I would. Yeah. You know, just get it to move around and...
3: Yep, and let it sit overnight and see cylinders. what happens. Yeah, you're not going to hurt anything doing that.
8: Just remember that you do want
7: to do your oil change following that.
3: Yep, right after. Still,
7: it's still draining down into the That's oil. Right. You still want to basically yep. finish off the rest of the EPR service with fresh oil There change. you go. Yep, yep.
8: That's right. You could use a little bit of the can to do that.
7: And then finish your service.
8: Yep. There you, day, do there you the, go. Uh, yep. The full yep. Uh, idling or running service. You got it. 10 you got it. minutes. Great. Okay, what
3: again was, I'm sorry, what was the email? Just go to drive-radio.com, fill the contact us form out, Kevin, and I'll get right back to you. Super.
14: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it very much.
3: Bill in Westminster, hang tight. We'll take our last break of this hour. We'll come right back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
14: Hi, I'm Rolly Purefoy. You know, being in business for six decades in any business is a tough thing to do, especially in today's highly complex and competitive world. As a small business, we certainly have experienced many trying times when there was no clear answer or path to take for survival. The COVID-19 virus for all of us has been the ultimate business disruptor, but once again, we've managed to keep on keeping on, and we are there to serve our many tried and true customers that have depended on us to always be there. We aren't and never will be a big high-flying dealership, but one with honesty and integrity and a culture of doing things right. We appreciate all our customers, many of which have come long distances to do business with us. We are proud of who we are and what we do. Purefoy Proud. We certainly need and would appreciate a chance to earn your business, whether it would be for parts or service or if you're in the market for a new or used vehicle. We'd love to be your Chevy dealer. Find us today at purefoychevrolet.com and find new roads.
3: All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. You've got a line open, 303-477-5600. That's our affordable interest mortgage call in line. Bill in Westminster, you're next.
15: Hey, got a question. Since most cars nowadays have four-cylinder engines and six-cylinders, and a lot of your trucks, bigger trucks, have V8s, and some of them have six-cylinder engines, how does the average Joe know whether they got a direct injection engine or not?
3: They would have to look it up. They're not going to. Most cases, especially on those the smaller cars, SUVs, it's rare to not have a direct injection engine in today's new vehicles. On the truck side of the fence, it can be either or, and you'd have to really just be specific and ask on that. In, in most cases, uh, again, on the small vehicles, they're going to be. On trucks, it's an either or. They can or can't be. It depends on the vehicle.
15: Okay, so you got these single moms out there and stuff that take their car to their mechanic and stuff. What do they do? Just ask them so yes. they don't get mm-hmm. inflamed?
3: Yes. Yes. Okay. And most, most moms, single moms, and so on. Again, if they're driving a vehicle that right now, even, Bill, that's five years of age or newer, the chances of it being direct injection are very, very, very high. Uh, Once it gets a little older than five years, it can be kind of an either or. But most new vehicles today are direct injection because that's how they've got the power up, the emissions down, and so on. Trucks, different situation. But even most, you know, smaller SUVs, minivans, and so on, the majority of those today have direct injection engines.
15: Oh, okay. Well, I missed part of the program on the this new oil coming out. Can you just refresh without repeating? Well, all? it's
3: not really new. It's just a new spec. It's The new uh, the new spec from API is GF6A and 6B. It just depends on what the vehicle is needing, but the, the GF6 is the new standard for oils for the new engines.
15: Okay, good. Okay. Great show, guys. And,
3: and by the way, every, anybody out there interested in that, your oil cap will typically typically tell you what oil spec you need. Almost every engine today, the oil cap will tell you so. Appreciate it, Bill, by the way. I do appreciate that phone call. Tim and Longmont, you're next. What's going on, Tim?
6: Yes. uh, We bought a new Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland in June. Okay. And I was watching the oil life monitor, and it was at about uh, 44%, and we just turned 6,000 miles on it and since it's new, I wanted to change the oil sooner than later. Yeah, I
3: would do it now at 6000 I think on a new vehicle, you're right where I would be. If it were mine, I would be changing oil on it now. And you're six months in, kind of like we talked about a little bit ago. At that at that rate, even time-wise, I would still give the vehicle a good— I know it's new, but still give it a good once-over, make sure there's nothing out of out of a sink anywhere, go ahead and get the oil changed on it. And then in the future, that's a vehicle where I would run six to 7,000 miles on an oil change, Tim. I wouldn't. The monitor is going to tell you you can go farther, which, you, you know, you could. It's not going to hurt anything to go longer, but I'm just one where I would say go, you know, seven seventy-five hundred on it would be fine.
6: Well, that's why I was wondering, because you hey, And I should the, add, I, I, tra- did,
3: I forgot to, I should have asked, what engine are you running, Tom? I should have asked that.
6: Uh...
3: Is it the V six or the V eight? It's the V six. It's a V six. Okay.
6: Yeah, but I know you've you've in the past you've always said that uh, you can just go by the monitor on my Silverado. uh, The percentage gets down to around ten percent at seven thousand miles. Yep. And and I was just wondering why the seems like a a large variable in there because the at forty percent on the Jeep that would. Tell me, I could go maybe eight to ten
3: thousand. You can probably go ten on it, according to that oil monitor. But that goes back to the discussion we just had on the direct injection side of the fence, which the V6 in your Grand Cherokee does have. Your Silverado does not have.
6: Oh, okay. So I should probably be using that BG. You need uh, to be using EPR thing.
3: in this Jeep every oil change. Yes, you do. The, the EPR and that yes helps keep the it keeps the carbon uh, buildup down inside of the engine itself I would also be using the MOA the motor oil additive every oil change as well okay and then on that right, on the Jeep clear. if you went six seven thousand miles I wouldn't run the Jeep all the way to the you know 1012 mark if it was me i I would run it you know six seven thousand miles whatever you're comfortable with Tim and do it that way yeah I'm, and by I'm the way dealer probably concerned. isn't going to tell you what I just said but ignore what they say
6: <laughs> well actually the salesman told me to go by the uh the monitor and the people in the service department said six thousand miles. Okay,
3: so they're on my they're they're on my site That's that's fine. They're they're right with you. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll
7: look at the oil monitor a lot, like your fuel gauge. You get down to twenty five percent. you 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 know, or, or waiting to that ten percent. Do you really want to run it out of gas? Do you, you don't want to run it out of you know? No, <laughs> and
3: and, again, and I'm also one Tim, and, and you and that vehicle especially that is also a vehicle. Uh, not that. Everything else isn't like yours, but in that vehicle specifically, that's a five to six thousand mile tire rotation vehicle. If you really want to keep the tires lasting longest, that one you're going to do a tire rotation at the same time you're doing an oil change, and that's going to be that you know six thousand, five six thousand mark on the tire rotation.
6: Okay, yeah, they threw that in when I bought it. I think it was four oil changes and tire rotation yeah so. and
3: that again that because the way that particular vehicle you know because it's an SUV it's all-wheel drive uh you know it's 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 got more wear and tear on the tires and you're typically going to get out of a different you know different vehicle out there for everybody else listening that's a particular vehicle where you want to rotate tires every five six thousand miles
6: okay sounds
3: good okay Tim appreciate the phone call very much and yep they're they're right on target uh bro in Denver you're up next what's going on
15: Nice uh, to talk to you guys on the air. Thanks for the show. You bet. Uh, I, a 92 GMC Safari. I was getting on the dash a uh, symptom of a alternator maybe going. It'll read the regular 12 or 13 regular read, and then it'll go up to 14 or 15. Okay. It'll start to show a high charge. And then I ended up, I've got a brand-new battery in this 92 Safari 4.3. And then the battery was showing level of going down. I thought, well, my alternator is no more. So I went to the advance, picked up an alternator, CarQuest. I've changed it out. I did the plug-in, the the harness correctly, hooked it. I charged the battery. I went to hook it up. Now, my battery only shows like 12 when I uh, hit the key. So, I, char- I turn on the vehicle, the, the, the van started up, but the alternator is not doing anything. I'm getting a zero going back to the battery. I'm, so, uh, anything, uh, I know you guys have skills, uh, I and then I, I actually uh, took the alternator out, lifted at some of the connections, thinking I didn't get the harness and saw the I put it back in, second time, same thing. No no charge.
3: Okay, and, and you've got so make sure that I'm following you correctly, bro. You've got everything hooked up, alternators in, the positive lead to the alternator is all on, hooked up, and you've got no output voltage coming out of the alternator.
15: Well it I I I don't have I don't have necessarily a way to I probably have a meter I can test, but when I start the vehicle up, it's it's showing that
3: okay. it's not charging gotcha. the battery. Okay, makes sense. No, no, that makes total sense. Did you buy a new or remanufactured alternator?
15: Well, it's not new. Now the one I took out said Delco okay. on the alternator. Yep. Delco
3: Remy. Okay, yep.
15: Yep. But the one I put in is it's just a Carquest. It's probably sure. a reman, but okay. it is a lifetime.
3: Uh, t- I would take it back and get one that works that you think is okay yep just that's what i would do
15: hear, i just wanted to hear uh maybe some symptoms back and nope. it could be no nope. it if it's not back.
3: charging it's not those are so easy if it's not charging it's not charging bro i gotta run heartbreak top of the hour if you want to call back and talk more you sure can but yes i would just go take that back warranty it get an alternator that works because evidently that one's not putting anything out from the sound
7: And it. if it's a good uh, car quest, they should actually be able to test it right, right in front there. of you. A, a lot of those you. stores have the tester yeah, right, right there at the counter.
3: All right. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hour number three is next. Myself, Jeff Corwin, JC's British and 4x4. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
11: Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments.